guys, it's me, Isabella Gomez, filling in for Smokey Bear because he's got more to say than just... Only you can prevent wildfires. Like, if you're outside enjoying a barbecue, don't let a hamburger distract you from fire safety. Make sure you aren't dumping your hot coals or ashes onto the ground because that could start a wildfire. So take wildfire prevention seriously and let's save the world one day at a time. Juntos con Smokey Bear, podemos hacerlo. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. If you're worried your friend may be struggling, remember, you don't have to be there to be there. You can say how are you will get a fake tattoo. You can ask with an app if it works for you. You could chat on the game, kick off your flip flops. You can ask on your couch while you binge watch. Whatever, whatever, whatever gets you talking. Reach out to a friend about their mental health. Learn how you can help at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into the second inning, game 14 of the Sports Insanity podcast, part of the Sports Insanity Network. I am Mike Rifkin, joined by the allergy-ridden Danny Boy Reginald, Dan Ryans. How are you? Oh, good. Happy Friday. But, man, the the, the pollen's going to kill me. It's been killing me all spring. And once summer hits, it's going to be the, the grass, you know, all that stuff. By fall, is going to be the leaves. Like, jeez, uh, I, 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 I hate allergies. <laughs> we all hate allergies. Yeah. I think everyone who's listening to this will agree to that. Yeah. We're going to talk a lot of NBA playoffs. We'll talk the week that was for the Mets and the Yankees. But we start with some sad news in the NFL. Jim Brown, the 11th all-time leading rusher, civil rights activist, and one of the greatest football players of all time, has passed away at the age of 87, his wife announced on Instagram. Uh So, uh, Dan, reaction to this? this It's a bad loss. For the NFL community, Jim Brown, legendary on and off the field. You know, you you mentioned how you know he's eleventh all time rusher. When he retired, he he retired after nine years. I didn't realize he only played nine years. He only played nine years. Yes. So he he retired before he hit thirty. Um, and the the man was a freak of nature. This is someone that got clobbered. This is the old NFL. This is NFL before it was the modern NFL. So this man was clobbered and had to take so much from how football was back in the day, and he never missed a game. That doesn't happen anymore. Mm -hmm. Anything with a foot or a hand, like, 
no no team is going to allow players to play on any type of injury, even if it's just a minor injury, like a, a little teensy wincy, because you know obviously the you know uh, our healthcare system has improved big time. You know medicals improved big time, healthcare, all that stuff. So we learn to take care of our bodies better. But this man had it all. You knew he played with probably some broken bones, sprained ankles, and all that stuff. Never missed a game. That's why he's the GOAT, because he never missed a game. Like, he is truly legendary in the eyes of football. Great running back. Obviously, he led the Browns to that championship. And, you know, the Browns still to this day are trying to get that championship back uh, mm-hmm. to Cleveland. But, man, just a pioneer of all the NFL, football, and then, of course, off the field with his civil rights activism and mentoring the young people so that they can better their lives. This is a truly remarkable human being. It's a bad loss for the world of sports and uh, obviously the world outside of sports that truly love Jim Brown. It, it, it's a tough one to take. Uh, here's the, the post from his wife, and I'm quoting here. It is with profound sadness that I announced the passing of my husband, Jim Brown. He passed peacefully last night at our L.A. home. To the world, he was an activist, actor, and football star. To our family, he was a loving and wonderful husband, father, and grandfather. Our hearts are broken, close quote. You, we, we could talk about the football aspect of, of it, and you're right. He retired as the all-time leading rusher. Now I think he's 11th on the list. Yeah, I mean, the which, by the way, he accomplished that, like you said, in nine years, which is unheard of. Yeah, you got running backs that break don't break it till like their eleventh season in the league. You know, yeah. So, so that on the field was a monster. Off the field, the especially with the climate of what the world is today, and you, you see the you see what the world is is developing into at certain points when it comes to racism and things like that and you realize why are we going backwards when people like Jim Brown and people like Muhammad Ali progressed the world to be a better place and now we are regressing back into what it was like for them before they were able to become the activists that they are that they were so that kind of impact, the social impact on what they were, is just as big of a loss as it is the football aspect. Yeah. Now, we'll talk the football because we're a sports podcast. But I do think, Dan, from your point of view as well, we have to talk about the ramifications of the civil rights and the other parts of it just based on what he was. Well, he centered his life around it because he knew he knew he was bigger than football mm-hmm. as a black man playing professional sports in the United States of America. 
He knew his place. He knew he had to put himself front and center of those big social issues because it mattered, because people could look up to him and understand him. He can, they all can understand each other. That's what he was trying to do. And that that's that's the part that I just find the, the most remarkable about him is that he had no shame in standing up for people's rights. No shame. Because he's, he went through it. He dealt with it. A true legend lost. Rest in power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jim Brown. So, And always supported Cleveland too. Like he supported the Browns for obviously the longest time. And then uh, the Cavs, all of them, because that's how much Cleveland meant to him. And yeah, true, tough, tough one to take uh, today. Uh, obviously uh, I sending my love and regards to Jim Brown's family. It, it must be tough for them big time. And um, just uh we, we hope they can pull through. Um, and, you know, he, he, the, the family's better for him. We're better because of him. And like the impact is truly, truly, in, in, it just, it's incredible. Yeah. So our condolences to the family of Jim And, what reading the Browns Twitter but talking about the impact he had there, I am sure the Browns will do something during um, the season for him. Yeah, but one would hope. So armbands, patch thirty-two. He, patch on the field would be a really nice touch. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. So condolences to the family and friends of Jim Brown, who's eighty-seven years old. That's a. I mean, I'm sorry, and call me call me crazy. 87 years old. You lived in this world for 87 years. Like that's an incredible life. You know, percent. I mean, look. Obviously, we talked about how people live 90 plus, maybe 100. 87 years is a long damn time on this earth. Oh yeah. You know, by then a lot of people you lose friends. You know, at that point. Yeah. So it's a pretty good life, man. Yeah, very good life. So rest in peace, sir. On to the hardwood where last night the Denver Nuggets beat the Los Angeles Lakers by a score of 108 to 103 to take a two to nothing series lead in the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Jamal Murray went off for 37 points. In the win for the Nuggets. Uh, Dan, how do the Lakers turn this around if they can? I don't know if they could. How they can turn it around? Well, they certainly have to outplay the Nuggets at home in L.A., um, which I think for one game they can definitely do for pride and stuff. But both games, that's going to be tough. You can't go down 2-0 to the best team right now. Obviously, the, the best team in the NBA the regular season was the Milwaukee Bucks. But Denver right now is the best team in basketball. 
they are unstoppable. They have threats all over the place. When it comes to Murray, Jokic, like all those people, it's crazy how they can easily make shots that are contested, how they could wipe you down, down low, and just absolutely power through the Lakers. It's it's incredible. It really is. And the Lakers actually had a good game on Thursday. They weren't bad, but the Nuggets continued to make these timely shots and they pulled away big. It was too much for the Lakers to handle. So, yeah, that, that's, that's the difference right now. The difference is the Nuggets have all these players. They have a lot of depth. They have all these players that could absolutely squash you. They could squash you. The Lakers don't have that. You know, they have LeBron, but you know, LeBron had an awful night. AD could do it, but AD hasn't been very consistent either. So then you look to uh, guys like Rui Hachimura, who's had a better season after he left Washington. And then, you know, the bottom line is they don't have enough people to really play up to bar with the Nuggets. And you, you brought up one of the names, and it's it, it's Anthony Davis because when Anthony Davis is on, he is one of the most dominant big men in the in this game. But last night he was four of fifteen, which for me, like I I get it. You probably got jokes guarding you, but you, you're Anthony Davis. Take it to the hoop. Shoot the ball a little bit better because you at four fifteen, I think it's unacceptable. One and out of three from three, and he forced that those those three pointers too. Yeah, uh, which I didn't quite understand. LeBron was doing both him and LeBron. I, LeBron went all for six, and that you lose by five points. You make one of one of those threes, it becomes a two point game. So yeah. LeBron is the is such a good driver. I just want him to drive the ball to the yeah, hook. Yeah, at this point, like, you need to be laying it in, dunking it. Like, you know, and look, LeBron can create. He can create for people. But he has to do that. And I don't think they enforce that enough on him. I think they've gotten so used to the idea of LeBron just being his own time, old big-time player. He can do whatever the heck he wants. That... It's sort of costing them because they don't know where else to go when the Nuggets absolutely destroy you from three-point land or when they drive in and make a big play and stuff. It's, it, it sucks for LA right now. He had that one game against Golden State where he didn't score in the first quarter because he didn't try to shoot it. He was trying to get everyone else involved. Yeah. If he can do that in game three, Get get D'Angelo Russell involved, Anthony Davis involved, Reeves involved. Awesome, because that will create more lanes for LeBron to drive and maybe even open him up for a three. He's mm. never been a great three-point shooter. No. Which is fine. He doesn't have to have that as part of his game. 
But Anthony Davis, I need more out of. D'Angelo Russell, I need a lot more out of. D'Angelo Russell was three of eight last night. That can't happen. And then you flip side, you know, I brought up Murray, 37 points, 10 rebounds, five assists. By the way, Joe Kitch, all he did last night was 23 points, 17 rebounds, 12 assists. Another playoff triple-double for Nikola Jokic. He's a beast. He's a beast, man. Giannis is the most dominant force in the league. But Jokic might be... Jokic might be now the best player in the league. Yeah, well, he's certainly the most versatile because yeah. he could he could pass the ball. I don't know if it's not probably not as good as like an average, you know, point guard because that's what he's not. But he can pass the ball. He can do some shooting as well. Big man, so you know he can rebound. He has mm-hmm. an advantage over a lot of people. Yeah, he's certainly the most versatile right now in the NBA. Like, you can rely on him for a lot of things, especially um, creating a foul, which we know was a flop. <laughs> but th- that's Copy the league. Everyone in the league yeah. is a flop. Yeah, copying LeBron from last night as well. You know, oh. LeBron's book. That was a flop, too. Let's be real. <laughs> LeBron was not fouled on that play. The refs botched it. Um, they felt bad, and then he he got a beer spilled on him. Oh, <laughs> uh, God! Um, Lakers are in trouble. I don't know. This is not a series where you could survive losing the first two games, knowing that you have a chance. I don't know if they have a chance. Denver to me is way too good right now. Unless they have a complete collapse of whatever, I just don't see it happening. And listen, I'm going to say this out of the non-fandom part of me. It's it'd be cool to see the Nuggets in the finals, man. Yeah, yeah obviously the, the 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 networks want Lakers Celtics. Oh, yeah. the well, lives. the rivalry. So even Lakers heat would be cool because LeBron has the heat connection. So, yeah. but uh, the Nuggets would be really cool. But we'll wait to see game three of that series will be Saturday night. Tonight we have game two between the Celtics and the Heat in Boston after the Heat won game one. And so we'll need to see how the Celtics respond tonight. Yeah, well, what they can't do is allow Jimmy Butler to score 35 points again. Because that will always give the Heat a chance to win games. And they have to defend better. They have to close out games better. They have to maintain leads. There's a lot of things they have to do. The Celtics didn't play an awful game. But down the stretch, they did not play well enough. And they have to learn to keep it up. Because this Heat team, like we saw with the Knicks, like we saw against the Bucks, you know, you could question whether they're an eight seed or not. Like they're they're not really an eight seed. That's what no, they're a good eight about. seed. That's what we've learned. So yeah. the the Heat will destroy you. They'll make you pay. You can't you can't allow them to make you pay. And Jason Tatum, listen, I know you had a thirty point game. Mm-hmm. For you not to shoot the ball in the fourth quarter, yeah, it, it's just lame. Especially off the game seven you had against Philly on mm-hmm. Sunday. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm sorry. Then that that falls on coaching too, because yeah, if, if, if you know that's your guy, you want points. That's your guy. So that that I didn't quite understand, and the Celtics should know better. Um, by the way, I think Tamils had a brutal turnover at the end of the game, which definitely cost them big time. He'll need to bounce back. The Celtics will look to bounce back tonight against the Heat in Boston before the series shifts to Miami. You brought up the Knicks. Uh, we didn't talk about talking a little bit of Knicks, but we could talk a little bit of Knicks for a second. Okay. They, they don't have a pick in the draft, mm-hmm. especially after the Mavericks pick was – Top ten protected, and the Mavericks are wound up picking t- are going to pick tenth. Spurs win the lottery, by the way, so they'll get Victor Wembaya. I hope I didn't butcher that, but Victor, <laughs> I apologize if I did. So we, I'm going to bring our group chat into this, damn, because we have the group chat on Twitter. You, me, uh, our buddy Kraus, name dropped. Shout out Kraus. And we talk about maybe the Knicks, and I've read this, maybe the Knicks package some of the picks they have over the next couple of years to bring in another star player. Is that something that intrigues you or no? The Knicks are in an interesting spot. They they have draft picks. Yeah, 11 over the next seven years. They have them. The question is, do you want to risk it all and you know go after the star it's an expensive thing to do like i don't know very very expensive to do if i'm the knicks you have a young core right now you have grimes you have rj or rj who obviously had a better showing in the playoffs than the regular season and that's Obviously, that's not what you want, but at the same time, you know, if R.J. Barrett can take it to another level in 2024, 2023, 2024, and he could have a good regular season and be that consistent in the playoffs, then we're talking about a star in the making. And he's only, what, 22 years old? Like, like he's still, like, young enough where he can still grow as a player because he started when he was so young. He's like 19. He still has that chance, but he has to make those jumps. Otherwise, it's going to look like a bust, just like Zion's going to look like a bust. Uh, I'm not going to say John Morant because John Morant, he's not a bust. He's He's not a bust. He's just an idiot for other things. (laughs) But, yeah, so that's – so I, I have a lot banking on RJ for 2023-2024. Then you have Toppin, you have Quickly, you have a young core, Mitch. These are all players that they can build around. It's just a matter of whether they can step up and become those big-time players. In terms of stars, I can certainly see Grimes becoming a star. Julius Randle's a certified star, but he's not homegrown. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's just a, it's a lot of money that's hanging over our heads, which sucks. Yeah, 
he's another story for within itself. Yeah. We we can go after stars, but it's an expensive process. And I don't know if that's if that's the Leon Rose way. And, and I think that's a good point you bring up because look at the Donovan Mitchell situation from last year. The price just kept growing and growing from the Jazz perspective, from the Jazz, and the Knicks were like, listen, we, we gave you the offer we wanted to give you. You don't want it. Just say you don't want it. Stop beating around the bush these different things you want. Um, or make a real offer, and then we can figure it out. So I kind of like that direction that the Knicks are in. Yeah. Now, the question would be what star. There was the Stephen A. Smith video of him talking about him wanting Damian Lillard. Mm. I'd totally be for it. But again, the question I would have is what is going back to Portland? And then there's the report. Portland's going to trade the number three overall pick for a a ready-made guy to pair with Damian Lillard. So we don't even know if he's on the tape. Seems like... The played the Blazers want to keep, which I get, you yeah, know, which is fine with me. I get I, that. I, I get that. They don't want it's their new their their player. They don't want to get rid of him, and they shouldn't have to. But you know, if the Knicks offer you a bunch of draft picks for him and a chance to rebuild, if the Blazers are terrible again, and Lillard's getting tired, I mean, I don't know if he's going to get tired of the situation up there. Well, let's say he does. Like, would you, if if the Knicks were to offer you the whole world for him, like, would you not take it? It's definitely a proposition. Yeah, and Lillard's not the only star they can go after. No, no, no. no. I just named him because that was the one guy Stephen A. Smith was talking right. about. Right. Yeah, but either way, it's going to be very expensive. Knicks have to give up a lot. I, I just don't find that to be the way Leon Rose does business. Again, I, I don't think you're in a position to not do it. I think you can definitely smell and see what's out there. Yeah. You know, whether it's a Lillard or, or you know, depending on what else yeah. becomes available. Be a Harden. No, no. I'm not touching James Harden with the temple. No. The like, only good thing about James star. Harden is his beard. <laughs> and he, him playing for Tibbs, I, I I just don't think that's a match. Yeah. Well, it's it certainly you have you already have a crybaby in Julius Randle, and that's not working out. So, and that's and that's sort of why I kind of like the idea of the Knicks trying to get someone that can fit Tibbs' style. Like you know, Brunson can fit his style. You know, the young guys can fit his style. RJ can fit his style. You, you get Josh Hart. Josh Hart can fit his style too. Very big defensive guy. Bring him back. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing that the Knicks have to do now. Look, I, we could talk about bringing in a star. I think your most important thing is bring back Josh Hart. Yeah. And then if there's a superstar who uh, – the other name I've been hearing is Carl Anthony Towns, but – he doesn't stay healthy enough for my liking to, no. to warrant a deal. The Knicks have to be careful because they have leverage. But 
you need to use that leverage for the right players. And if it flops, then, you know, it, it's, it's going to look bad and you're possibly going to waste a lot of years. Now that we have certified superstar and Jalen Brunson, you don't want to waste those years with him. He's too good to waste years. Mitchell Robinson is too good to waste years on it. Nick, even Quinn Grimes, you know, if he ever becomes a big time, I don't want to waste him either. His dad, Frank Grimes, would be very proud. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Simpsons reference. <laughs> You're crazy, dude. Well, we'll see what the Knicks do, but they, as of now, do not have a pick in the draft. We'll have to wait and see if they try to acquire one. I don't know. Right. Uh, one last thing out of the NBA. You brought up hard James Harden before. The Sixers earlier this week did fire Doc Rivers. And according to multiple reports, James Harden was the guy who led the charge in that. And then yeah. according to Sports Illustrated this morning, James Harden looks like he might go back to Houston. Yeah. And I think that's what he wants ultimately, which is fine. Like, you know, if he wants to go back to Houston, let him go back to Houston. Which, by the way, if you knew he was leaning towards going back to Houston, were you going to fire Doc Rivers regardless? These are questions I want to know, Daryl Moore. These are answers I need to know. But wait to see what happens in Philly. Yeah, I I, I find it odd. It really, like, It's very odd what's going, going on there. It, it, the, it's odd. Like, you know, look, the, it, it, let's say Harden goes back to, to Houston. So then what was what was the firing for, really? Right. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that it was just James Harden. He was the one that led the charge. But if if he has that much power to say, hey, look, this, this guy ain't it, it's hard to believe that Philly ain't keeping him. By the way, the whole trust the process is dead. Oh, yeah, no, you, th- that process is long gone, long, long gone. Yeah, so the, the the process is dead. The Sixers, I don't know what they do next. Yeah, personally. I don't know. Well, they, they, they need a coach that could get them over the hump. But then again, are all the players going to be staying? Is Joel Embiid going to ever live up to any expectation of being a big game player? which he has not done. Tobias Harris was bad in game six and seven as well. That's a lot of money. Maxi was re- pretty good, but that's really the only guy who showed up. Yeah. I mean, look, was Doc Rivers the best coach? No. Did I think Doc Rivers should have been fired? Probably. Probably the right call to make. But who's going to coach that team that's going to be any good? You have good you have good coaching candidates out there. But is it going to be the right fit for them if they go to Philly? I don't know. I mean, you got Nick Nurse you could go to. They're at crossroads, man. It's not – this is not – this is a scary time if you're a Sixers fan. Very scary times. Like you, There's a lot of uncertainty there that I think people are starting to realize. Mm-hmm. And, man, like – not saying they won't be good, but I don't know. I don't know if they're going to ever reach whatever the process was supposed to bring, which was obviously an NBA championship. 
We'll wait to see what happens in Philly there. And the hardwood to the diamond. And, Dan, the Yankees had an eventful week in Toronto. <laughs> they certainly did. Starting from Monday all the way through. Yep. <laughs> Punk-ass bitches. Toronto <laughs> Blue Jays. They're not a professional ball club. They're a bunch of bitch-ass motherfuckers. So, I, I apologize for the language. I will put an explicit tag on the show. <laughs> All right. So Monday night, I don't remember the inning, so I apologize. Aaron Judge kind of looked to his right while he was at bat before hitting a home run. And people wanted to know were the Yankees cheating, sign stealing, whatever. The Blue Jays pitcher later revealed he felt he was tipping pitches. So we'll we'll digress into that in a second. Yeah, but by the way, accusations made by the Blue Jays, made by the Blue Jays broadcast based Which, on by the way, I don't blame them because they saw the eye roll, so they saw something. They saw something, but I don't think they were accusing. We later found out was that they were tipping pitches. And yeah. look, if you're a poker player, like you're you're not gonna give in to that bullshit. Right. So that happened Monday. Tuesday, Domingo Herman yeah. got ejected and will be suspended for having sticky stuff on him. Yeah. Technically, this is a second offense, but the yeah. first time they never threw him out. Well, the thing is that. And look, I'm not defending Herman. He should know better. But once again, he's saying it was Raza. Right, which, by the way, Max Scherzer said the same thing. Yeah. And they didn't care. He said it was Raza. If it was Raza, then, first of all, part of the investigation should be, let's look into, I know that the Yankees could always, like, toss anything out. Did they find anything suspicious? But part of the part of the process should be, you know, if you don't want too much of the sticky stuff, whether it's in the dugout or out on the field, you know, you had they had an MLB official with Max Scherzer when he was wiping his hand off with mm-hmm. water and soap and alcohol, all that stuff. Like there should be that process inside the MLB dugout, don't you think? You know, I, I, yeah, I, I think there should be MLB personnel and, yeah, and, in the dugout, in the clubhouse, just to yeah. make sure nobody's cheating. Exactly. And, you know, look, let's say if it was Rosin, like Domingo Herman said, mm-hmm. why you have so much of it, bro? You know, this is the same people that was with the Twin Series. Why in the world would you put so much Rosin in your hand knowing they already have an eye on you? So that was irresponsible by Domingo Herman's part. And look, was it was it Rosin? Probably, I don't know. Probably not. The, the, the umpire said it was too. Here's another thing about the umpires. They gave this vague statement. Oh, no, no. There wasn't Rosin. It was too sticky to not be. It's like, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean? That's what, what they said about Scherzer. What did you feel? What was it? What, what did his hand look like? What did his glove feel like? Like, you have to really, really describe it so that we get a better understanding. Right now, it's just these vague, 
too sticky, too sticky, too sticky. Okay, well, rosin can make you sticky. So does sweat. Yeah. Like, we're bigger guys. We've sweat. Mm-hmm. We go. So th- th- that clearly didn't make a lot of sense there. So on both sides, to me, there's no clear rule. There's no- nothing's clear about this whole thing. And mm-hmm. once, again, once again, Rob Manfred is blowing the ball here. He has to make sure that we know what the rules are, how much rosin, if you're using it, can you have, and, you know, any other stuff that's legal, obviously, how much of that stuff can you have? And is there anyone in MLB personnel that could be in the dugout monitoring the pitchers, making sure they don't do some bullshit? And we need to know, so the umpires need to know, that way – everyone in this particular moment is in on the same page. That's what it is when it comes to the sticky stuff. Bam. I want to go back to judge for a second. And we'll talk also about this on batter up this weekend. He said post game, he, you know, was hearing people chirp from his dugout, which is fine. It later turned out one of the coaches saw something and, you know, came out of the box or whatever. I don't care. He didn't cheat. I, I want to make this clear before I make this statement. Aaron Judge did not cheat. He didn't cheat anything. What I don't like about this whole thing, one, I didn't love it on social media, but two, I, I'm just going to put the shoe on the other foot here. If this was the Houston Astros, everyone would be up in, in, in an uproar because they're like, they, they, look at what they did. They did it again. Yeah. Oh, my God. Throw them out. You know, make them play in the Cactus League, you know, you know, whatever it is. Aaron Judge, just get in cheat. No one's accusing you. Own it. Own it. You want to be a, a bad man? You own it. And you said, you know what? You know what I did? I took that SOB. I took him deep. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to play with that chip on my shoulder for the rest of this series. Homer, I think he homered in every game in the series. Mm-hmm. So have that attitude. Be be a renegade, Aaron Judge. I would have loved to see that. I'm not saying you cheated. I don't care. But we also know this side. If the shoe's on the other foot and Toronto saw whoever it was tipping pitches and they were making a sign to the hitter, Aaron Boone be the first guy to complain about. So enough with the crybaby stuff, both sides. But give me more Blue Jays Yankees this year. I can't wait for that stuff. It's going to be phenomenal. Look, Aaron Judge obviously had a hunch that he knew what pitch was coming. Not because the Yankees did some signaling with no banging of the of trash bags or uh, buzzers on your chest, like none of that stuff. But he had a feeling, and obviously he was right, and he took the Blue Jays deep. By the way, if you're the Toronto Blue Jays, why the hell would you give Judge a cookie to hit? Like, uh, come on now. 
This is the Why best. Why are you throwing them all sliders anyway? Throw them something out of the this zone. Is the best hitter in baseball, man. Best home run hitter in baseball. Best hitter in baseball, whatever you want to call it. Like, what do you think he's going to do? By so, the way, how much how much did the Yankees need him after he was out? Oh, but big time. They needed him big time. So, yeah, look, ultimately, this was a, a, a whole nonsense about nothing. And the Blue Jays look awful because they lost three out of four to the Yankees. Uh, Aaron Judge was spectacular all series. By the way, that home run the day after he was accused of cheating. Um, yes, Was that the one that broke the maple leaf? Yeah. Yes, yes, caught his entire at bat. He was not looking anywhere. He was just looking straight at the pitcher, whatever. And he was there was no cheating going on there. And he absolutely smoked the ball. Go ahead, home run. And that was statement right there. That's a shut up, sit your ass down, and play some ball type of thing. That was a judge giving his sentencing. That's what it was. Um, other side of New York, it was also a hectic week for the Mets in yeah. a different way. Mm-hmm. Awful loss Monday to the Nationals, splitting that four-gamer. Lost, losing Tuesday to the Rays. Everyone thinking the sky is falling, the sky is falling. They finally call up Mark Vientos, which is something Mets fans have been clamoring for for ever. Something that Vientos was like putting pressure on too. No, yeah, he was crushing it in AAA, <laughs> and you know, finally like, came up Wednesday night. He hits a two-run homer, ninth inning, down three runs. Francisco Alvarez hits a three-run homer to tie it. And then in the 10th inning, some guy named Pete Alonzo, who no one's ever heard of, hit a three-run homer to win it. (laughs) Win a game. Then they win again yesterday to take two of three from the best team in baseball. This has to jumpstart this team. Has to. And oh, by the way, Steve Cohen, you know how much I love you and support you. It's now time to pay the polar bear. Yeah. Look, the the Mets needed – this was a huge week for them, probably bigger week for them than the Yankees. The the Mets need to get back on track. Mm -hmm. And a nice way to get back on track is taking a series from Tampa Rays, who – look, I'll give you straight up. I think the Rays are overrated. I I do. I I don't trust them. I don't – look, they're a good team. I'm happy that they're on a great start. it's, It's great stuff. But they're overrated. I don't trust them. Like they're not. They're not that good. They're not. So, and I get that they're making plays. That they're they have hitters. They have good pitching. But to me, I just don't really see them as like a true, true, true dominant force in MLB. I could be wrong, but we're gonna see when when the dog days of summer come out. Like who who the real dominant team is. Mets had a good series. And they needed it. Mets had a good series. Needed it. Need some other guys to get going. The starting pitching in this series was good. Kodai Mm -hmm. Senga was fantastic on Wednesday. He needed needed that type of start on Wednesday. How about that? He he was phenomenal. McGill was really good yesterday. Now they turn it over. Carlos Carrasco returns tonight. Mm -hmm. And then 
you got Scherzer and Verlander. Scherzer looked really good in his last start. Verlander, not so much, but listen, he his first two were pretty good, so I can't get on Justin Verlander too much. But this team's going to go as far as the starting pitch and can take it. And let Buck, let the kids play. Yeah, but Buck is one of those stubborn guys who relies too much on the veteran players, mm. which I, I I understand that that's just that's that's his mo. But swallow your pride a little bit, admit you're wrong, and allow these kids to play. Just allow them to do it. They've been a, they've been studs. Beatty's a stud. Vientos obviously a stud. I would love to see Mauricio up here too. The one problem with him is he he won't have a position right now. Yeah, but I mean, who, who are you gonna play out there? Like, come on now. Like, I'd much rather him than any other veteran out there. Like, well, I mean, he plays second base, so right now you got McNeil there. He could play shortstop, but you got Lindor put Mc, there. Put McNeil in the outfield. Well, you could do, totally do that. That's fine too. You know, Marte is struggling. You know, like, would you rather keep running out of Marte? That's Obviously, starting to decline. Uh, listen, I'd run him out there over Canada any day of the week. Well, Marte at least gives you the element of a speed. I- I'll give him that. But and that's fine, but he- he's not one of those two guys has to start picking it up. He's not the same hitter as he used to be. And Maurice no, I don't disagree it. with you. So th- th- that's just the thing. Yeah, I-, I do not disagree with you on that one. All right. That'll do it for the second inning of the Sports Insanity podcast here on the Sports Insanity Network. Dan, you want to give the socials? Uh, at SIN Sports Insane for the podcast. At S Insanity Real for the network. Facebook and Twitter. Please search our socials. Uh, YouTube, we're on at the Sports Insanity Network. Tune in for Batter Up. And uh, YouTube at Sports Sandy Network, please search that. We have a lot of content there, and then there's the website at www.thesportscitynetwork.com. Vlogs, vlogs, meet the crew, planes, trains, and automobiles. But for Dan Ryan's, I'm Mike Griffin. Thank you for listening to the second inning of the Sports and Sanity podcast here on the Sports and Sanity Network. Have a great weekend, folks. Peace, folks. Uh, one love man one love (laughs) (laughs) what's going on everyone lawrence patchman lang here president of the sports insanity network just reminding you to go to our website www.thesportsinsanitynetwork where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the sports insanity network